Hey everyone, it's Pastor Brandon here, and I'm so excited to do the intro for this new series I'm going to be doing. It's going to be 14 weeks, and each week we're going to discuss one of the 14 declarations of faith of the Church of God denomination. Because we here at North Point, we're a part of the Church of God denomination, and it's a great thing, and we have great theology and great beliefs that we really subscribe to, and as a body, I think it's important to know what we're a part of. So I just want to break down these 14 declarations of faith, these pillars of beliefs we as a denomination have, the- theology that we believe, and so these next 14 weeks, I'm really excited to break them down with you, and this is episode 10, so let's jump right on into it. Hello and happy Monday. I'm so excited that you joined me today. It is such an honor that I'm able to speak into your life and and have a part of your week that that you've you've made this a part of your schedule to tune in and talk about our 14 declarations of faith with me. It is so amazing and I'm so thankful and grateful that that you have decided to be a part of this. Um, when I started it initially, I had no idea if this would take traction, if this would be a good thing, and I am so excited that it has and it is a good thing and that we are able to just discuss the things of God, discuss theological beliefs, discuss these big pillars of what we believe in our movement. And I am so thankful that you've been here. And before we get too far, I, I want to pray because I just want today, I want this podcast, I want this to be God. I know it's it's more of a teaching and, and everything, but there's we should always want God's presence. And I just want to ask him to join us. I mean, he's already here. So <laughs> I just want to ask for his anointing as I deliver this. And so, Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the amazing blessing of technology that allows me to do this. God, I thank you that you have given me knowledge and that you have anointed me to share this knowledge, God. And I ask that every word I share is not from me, but it's fully from you. That this is all about you when we discuss you. And I pray anointing, God, your mighty, mighty anointing in me right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. In your mighty, mighty name, amen. So today we're talking all about Declaration 10. And Declaration 10 says, We believe in water baptism by immersion, and all who repent should be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So water baptism is a sacrament. Uh, which was ordained by Jesus Christ. But I want to ask you today, what is a sacrament? You've probably heard that word before. It's a very, you know, fancy-sounding Bibleese word, and we say it all the time, you know, taking communion, that is a sacrament. Washing feet is a sacrament. And water baptism is also a sacrament. So I want to give you a definition here. So the definition of a sacrament is a spiritual symbolic practice you do in church that reinforces your faith or doctrines and teachings from the Bible. For example, like I said before, communion, water baptism, foot washing. So we consider baptism 
to be a sacrament. And in Matthew 28, 19, this is the words of Jesus here. He says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we have very explicit scripture backing us up here when we say that water baptism is to be in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it is to be done in the Trinity, through the Trinity, and that's Jesus talking here. He says, do that in the Trinity, in the name of the Trinity. He says, go make disciples, share the gospel, get people saved, but also get them baptized. And when you baptize them, evoke the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's not just in Jesus' name. It's not just in God's name. It's not just in the Holy Spirit's name, but they are all three in tandem supposed to be in their name. Remember, we serve a triune God, that three in one. They're all three equally powerful. And when we baptize, we are to use the name of all three in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this sacrament is administered by the church in obedience to Christ's commission. Because that was Christ talking. He was commissioning. If you don't know, Matthew 28, 19 is known as the Great Commission. And what is a commission? When when someone commissions you, that is a call to a mission. He is Jesus is calling us here to our greatest mission. Every single Christian in our world has the call to the Great Commission. We all have specific callings outside of this, but we are all called to the Great Commission. And that is, go out and spread the good news of Jesus. The good news of the gospel. The good news that Jesus was prophesied in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament works together with the prophecies and the workings of Jesus in the New Testament. And they together make the beautiful gospel. You can't forget about the Old Testament and you can't discredit the New Testament. They work in tandem and we are to share the good news of both of them together and the good news of Jesus and what he did for us and then get them baptized and make them disciples. That is all our call and we obey that. As a church, we obey what Jesus told us to do. So the aim of the sacrament is to represent the believer's entrance into the kingdom of God through regeneration. Let me unpack that statement real quick. When I say the aim of this sacrament, as in water baptism, it is to represent the believer's entrance to the kingdom of God through regeneration. And that's why we dunk. There are churches who splash. They do splashing water with a baptism. But we dunk because we believe there is spiritual significance to that. That it is a representation of the old man going into the water, under the water. And then through regeneration spiritually, you are coming out a new man. A a representation of that regeneration and new birth that happened in your heart when you became saved. And this is visible symbols of the sacrament are the water of the baptism and the physical act of the immersion, like I just said. So let's read Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. It says, When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure, 
Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. I love those verses. It talks about that that spiritual circumcision that happens. And it's not talking about a physical circumcision. Now, in the days of Moses, that was a covenant between God and Moses. That circumcision God gave him and said, you need to circumcise your children, circumcise yourself, be circumcised. And this is a covenant between you and me. And, and the Jews used that as part of their religion you know that was a huge aspect that if you're uncircumcised you are a gentile you're not practicing that you are not called of god but then god turns it around and says hey this is for everyone jews first but then the gentiles and i am here now for everyone and there is a spiritual circumcision that happens through the new birth the cutting away of your sinful nature and then when we observe the baptism I love this. It says you were buried. Your own old self is buried in the water. That's what that symbolizes. You're dunked down and your old self is being buried. And then you're being raised to life. Raised new through the mighty power of Jesus and what he did for you. So when you come back up, you are that new man or woman. And in water baptism... The element of water, it represents the washing of regeneration by the word and by the blood of Christ. And then, like I said, the act of immersion represents the believer's crucifixion, the believer's burial, and then the believer's resurrection with Christ. Baptism thereby witnesses to the believer's death to sin and the resurrection to newness of life and the pursuit of holiness. The sacrament of water baptism is Christ's ordained witness to the believer's repentance and to his new life in Christ. Through this amazing, spiritual, but beautiful ceremony, we get to show the world that we died to our old selves and are now born anew. And this beautiful ceremony, it doesn't actually have any regenerating power. Some people get confused and they feel that that baptism in and of itself has power to remove sin and that that is part of that process. But baptism is not any spiritual power. It is not a spiritual thing in that sense. It is a spiritual representation. It is a vital means of grace and it is a sign and seal of God's work of regeneration. It is symbolic. It may not hold spiritual power, but it holds spiritual significance. Christ has given specific commandment to that believers receive this right. It is therefore important as an act of obedience to Christ and for the receiving of the spiritual benefits that the Holy Spirit imparts into us for this experience. So it is a vital thing that we get baptized because it shows the world who we are and it shows ourselves, it postures us to receive the Holy Spirit and to be that new man in pursuit of holiness. 
Galatians 3.27, it says, And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. Baptism is like putting on new clothes. And I can tell you, and I'm not trying to sound carnal here when I say this, but gosh, I love a new outfit. I am way too into fashion. I love suits. I love feeling fresh, feeling clean. You know, even apart from suits, you know, a good pair of jeans, a good t-shirt, good hoodie. I'm into fashion. And when I put on fresh clothes, I feel like a fresh new person. Yesterday, I, I went to church and I was wearing a fresh outfit. I had this really cool crew neck sweater with anchors on it. And I had this light gray suit. I wore the pants and the jacket and then my no-show socks with my awesome dress shoes. I was feeling fresh. And that's because of those clothes that I put on. Guess what? Baptism is like a spiritual version of that. You are, through baptism, you are putting on those new clothes and it is showing that we are united with Christ. It doesn't make us united, but it shows that we are united. And it's like putting on new clothes. I love that analogy. Straight straight from Galatians there. And the words by which Christ ordained this sacrament are the fo- the only acceptable formula to be used in this sacrament. And I know that was a wordy way of saying that. So what what I'm saying here is in Matthew 28:19 Jesus literally said, "Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit." So that is the only way to to baptize someone. You're not to baptize someone in Jesus' name only. You're not to baptize someone in God's name only. You're not to baptize someone in the Holy Spirit's name only. It has to be all three because all three are God. That is the nature of our amazing God. Matthew 28, 28, 19 puts it so clear. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's how Jesus intended and that's how we should do it. Jesus ordained the rite of baptism. It's a clear statement of ordination is the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19. The Great Commission. Our Great Mission. And the early church observed this right, both in their teachings to believers and in their practices when it came to evangelism. And we see this in the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 12. It says, But now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. So when they ministered, they then baptized them. They took the Great Commission seriously. They said, hey, we're sharing the gospel, we're, we're teaching the good news, and, and we're making disciples, and we're getting people saved, but also we're going to baptize them. That's why at churches, it is important to have baptism. Here at North Point, we try to have a baptism service as often as we can. As often as we have people who need to be baptized, we want to see them baptized. And it's not out of coercion or forcing. It's, it's what the Bible tells us to do. It's what Jesus told us as Christians to do, to put on those new clothes. Don't walk around in your old tattered clothes and proof of your old self. Put on those new clothes. Get baptized. Like I said, the water doesn't have spiritual significance, but it shows it and it proves it to not only those watching, to yourself. It is significant that all 
in the sacramental practices of the New Testament period of the church, the church did not create any ordinance either by its own decision, but only by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The the New Testament church in the book of Acts, they didn't create this practice of like, oh, we got to baptize people, you know, we got to do this, we got to get them underwater, we got to dunk them. That was through the Holy Spirit and spoken through Jesus. They didn't make that up by themselves. They were guiding what Jesus told them to do. And by nature, sacraments are designed to portray religious experience. The sacrament of baptism, it's designed to depict the experiences in Christ, as in the new birth, the cleansing, death to sin, burial, the resurrection to a new life. All of those elements are in this ceremony. So it's so important. In order to represent cleansing, water is used. In order to represent death, the burial, the resurrection, that's why we immerse people. In order to represent the new birth, the coming forth of the water is showing, I am born again. I am a new creation. The experience of being baptized in water, it does not regenerate. However, it is spiritually related to our baptism into the body of Christ. In Galatians, it says, All who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ. So, this experience, this sacrament, this ceremony, this amazing thing, it enforces and strengthens our baptism into the body of Christ. And it symbolizes what we have gone through spiritually— death of our old selves and rebirth of our saved selves. And like I said before, the verbal formula of baptism is so important. It's so important to observe what Jesus told us to do. If we are to have the institution of this sacrament of water baptism, it is important doctrinal and theologically it is important And the words have significance that we are to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I cannot stress that enough. That is straight from the Great Commission. That is straight from the words of Jesus. That is so important. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These words prove and and attribute and worship the, the amazing triune nature of our God. They recognize the work of each individual Godhead, each individual person in the Trinity. It recognizes the power of God, recognizes the power of Jesus. It recognizes the power of the Holy Spirit. I think Jesus was intentional when he said to do this. He he didn't say it for no reason, just because he thought it sounded good. He was intentional that we are to recognize in this ceremonial act in this sacrament, we are to recognize the beautiful Trinitarian nature of our God. Because our God is three in one. And when it comes to baptism, it is important. If you haven't been baptized, if you've been saved and you just never 
been baptized, maybe you didn't see the spiritual significance, maybe you didn't see the importance, or maybe you just never did it, I would encourage you, talk to your pastor. Get baptized. Know the importance of it. Know why you're doing it. Don't just do it because you want to do it, but because you know, hey, Jesus tells us where to do it. The Bible tells us that it's like putting on those new clothes. We're putting on Christ, and we're getting closer to Christ in this. We're proving to the world, I am a member of the family of God, of the kingdom of God. I am a member. And I just I just want to encourage you today. And I'm glad that I was able to talk more about the baptism and the importance of it and, and what it entailed and why we baptize this way. A lot of people ask, like, hey, why do you dunk someone? Why, what's important about that? Why do you do it? And this is why. Because we want to represent what Jesus did in us. And it's how the Bible, it's what the Bible says. When we look back to 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 Romans 6, 4 through 5, it tells us how we, we were died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. When I read that, I interpret it as if we're buried through baptism, man, we got to go underwater. It's that significance of being buried in the water, rinsed by Jesus, and coming up anew. Mm, it's powerful. Well, before I end, I want to go ahead and say a quick prayer. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for, for your nature. I thank you for your, your Trinitarian nature. I thank you for the power of baptism, for the power of putting on spiritual new clothes. God, I thank you for you. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your nature. And you are my everything. And I just thank you for it all. In your mighty name, amen. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, it is such an honor that every week you've been tuning in. And I really, trust me, I don't take it for granted. I love that I'm able to do this and that people are able to take from this. And I'm just so excited for next week and for this week what we already talked about. So next week we're going to be diving in to Declaration 11. And that says we believe divine healing is provided for all in the atonement. That has a lot to break down and unpack, so I'm super excited for that. So tune in next Monday on Spotify, and we will discuss that, break that down. Have a wonderful week.